ever seen that little challenge. <laughs> Brother Troy says, you can do it, you can do it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We only have one verse to cover. That means nothing. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, we're going to be, finish up our, our, our thoughts from this morning. Um, the, uh, the relationship between children and parents and uh, how it is to be a godly relationship, uh, a spirit-filled relationship. And while every parent wants to talk about how their children should obey their parents and the Lord, uh, the Word of God also has uh, some instruction for the parents on how to raise their children. And it, while it's incumbent upon the children to obey the parents, regardless of what the parents do, and how they're they're doing, or how the, what the, what motivates them, um, because not every not every child that's saved is living in a Christian home. Uh, that has been uh, is working on the bus, uh, the bus ministry. When I was a teenager, we saw many many children that got saved that had no Christian influence outside of what they saw at church, and saw of us through the week. Um, the parents could care less if they went to church other than it got them out of their hair. Um, and uh, they were, it's, I appreciate that the Spirit of God does not leave them high and dry. Um, and the Word of God still applies to them as well. Uh, however, um, God's Word, uh, regardless of how, how our children respond, God's Word does have some, some uh, information on how a parent can walk worthy, how we can parent worthy um, uh, of the name of what we're, of the calling God's called us to. Let's go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 4 once more. And uh, it'll be the last time we read it, uh, probably. Uh, hopefully not the last time we read it, but at least in this series. Uh, but uh, then we'll pray and, and uh, seek the Lord here. It says, Children, verse 1, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father, thy mother, or father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for your love for us. And God, I thank you for your word, uh, which does instruct us, Lord, and does lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray that we would take it to heart. Lord, even uh, Lord, may we look at each of these principles and and apply them to our lives, that we might bring on glory to your name. I pray that our hearts and our spirits and our minds are open unto the moving of your spirit and your word, and I pray that you would have your way. We ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. This morning we looked at the children obeying their parents and, and the reason behind it. Uh, we, there, there was a, uh, an exhortation that they're to obey and what it means to obey. And it's not just the actual doing of what's being asked, but that their ears are attentive uh, to the cry. The, and then, but that's also followed with physical obedience. It doesn't do any good to hear what your parents say if you don't do it. Every parent says amen, because <laughs> we all like to, our kids to do what we've asked them to do. 
Uh, but also with that, to honor their parents. And it's, that's the, the attitude that comes, that, that is there in that obedience. You can obey with, with anger in your heart. Um, you can obey with rebellion in your heart. And God's word isn't just about our physical obedience, but about the reason which we obey. And that rings true not just for our children, uh, but for us as adults, as well as we listen and our ears are tuned to the, to the word of God and the will of God in our lives. And we should wholeheartedly, willingly, happily, with joy, obey God's, uh, God's commands in our lives. And, and with that comes the promise uh, for, for, for the children. It says that it may be well with thee, in verse 3, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Uh, and so there's two promises there, that they'd have long lives and that they would be, that they would be successful or blessed in their life. And we found those same promises in Psalms chapter 1. Uh, for for the child of God who loves the word of God. And uh, uh, what a blessing it is to know that God's word is, is, is good to us and still uh, has an effect on our lives and, and brings about blessings in our lives. Now, that being said, the next verse uh, in this... Uh, familial relationship uh, that we see here is uh, it's directed towards according to verse 4 fathers. This is any fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Now first of all I want us, I want us to notice that the word fathers there, the Greek word is uh, pater or, or pater. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's where they get the word patriarchal. It's, it's male. It's, it's talking specifically to fathers. Um, out of the 386 times I believe it's used uh, in, in uh, this Greek word is used in the in the New Testament, uh, not 386, close 374. Um, it's only once used as parents, uh, meaning both it could be. Uh, but it's specifically talking to fathers. Now, does that mean mothers do not have a responsibility uh, to parents or children? Absolutely not. And does that mean that these principles don't uh, apply to mothers? No, absolutely not. Uh, what does it mean? It means the fathers are responsible. Remember, we we're talking about that hierarchical stance, and and this, uh, when I when when we when I die and stand before before uh, God, I'm going to answer not only for my actions uh, or even my my actions as, uh, as, as, as an individual, but I'll answer for the actions of my family because I am the father and the head of the household, just like Christ is the head of the church, and I'll answer for that. And so, so as that one that's given the responsibility, Paul here directs this verse uh, to fathers. Uh, but the truth is, mothers have uh, as much, uh, has, has a, a hand in, in raising their children. And so the principles here uh, apply to, to both mother and father. Now it says, honor thy father, sorry, verse 4, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Provoke not your children to wrath. We, we expect our kids to, to, to just live exemplary lives. We, we, we expect a lot out of our kids. Hopefully we understand that they're children and they're going to make mistakes because, well, we were all children and we made mistakes. And uh, I'll be honest, I hope my children don't make half the mistakes I made. Uh, or a third of the mistakes my wife made. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's not able to watch online, so shh, nobody tell her that. She was having trouble getting the YouTube video up. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, uh, you know, they're going to make mistakes. Hopefully they can learn from us teaching them instead of learning from their own mistakes. In fact, that's, that's a problem that I've heard a lot, of, a lot of young people say. Let me make my own mistakes. You, 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 there's a phrase. Uh, it says, uh, they that don't uh, learn from history do what? They that don't learn from history do what? How many, how many times do I have to get this before you realize I'm getting to tell me to repeat it? <laughs> they that don't learn from history do repeat it, exactly. And it's because they, they haven't learned from the mistakes of the past. And, and, and listen, the people have made, been making mistakes from all the way back to, to Adam and Eve, right? And, and, and prayerfully, hopefully, we can learn from the instruction and the teaching of our parents. Uh, but I've seen a rebellion, in, and not just the kids today, but it's in my, when I was a teenager, it's in the heart of every teenager, is this, this rebellious idea, and not just even teenagers, but kids, that, that uh, I, I just let me figure this out on my own. Out of love? No, I don't want you to. I want you to learn from the mistakes that I made so that you don't have to suffer the grief and the pain that I, that I went through. And, and, and as a parent, that should be our heart. That our, our heart should be that we don't want them to make those mistakes. So if we're, but, we, but we have to be careful how we do it. Because we can teach our children the right thing, but if we do it in the wrong manner, they're going to reject everything that we have to say. So the very first thing, so we need to make sure that our spirit, we have a spiritual demeanor, a, a reason uh, for doing what we're doing. He says, uh, while we want them to, to live, live good lives, they need to see an exemplary performance in us. They need to see us as we teach them that we're not stirring them up to, to wrath. That's what it says there before. You fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. That can happen in a lot of different ways. Uh, it doesn't give us any specifics, right? But as, as, as a child, when I, if I felt something was unfair, if I was treating one child differently, than, or I was being treated differently than somebody else, guess what? There's wrath being stirred up in my heart. If the rules don't stay the same, and we, it's kind of like I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do because here's the line one day and there's the line the next day, and then it's back over here today, guess what? I get angry because I broke the rule, but I didn't know that I was going to break the rule. So, so we as, as, as parents, we need to be very careful that the things that we, that we do with our children and raising them up, that we're not provoking, that we're not getting them to the point that, where they're going to reject the instruction and the teaching that we're, that we're to give them. Uh, where we're not to stir up anger. And part of that can be done just out of uh, authority that's abused. Uh, and I have, I have personally, I have seen this, where, where somebody will use the authority as a father over a child, not that they haven't beaten them, they haven't hurt them physically in any way, but whether it's, whether it's purposely to embarrass them, I, I don't understand, or whether it's just to make themselves feel larger. I've seen people do this with their children. Listen, that will do nothing but stir up resentment in the heart of that child. So as parents, we need to be very careful about how we're raising our children that we're not Stirring up hurt or anger or, uh, or, or, or the word, the word there, the word there uh, for provoke is to, it means to, uh, to anger, to enrage, to provoke, to exasperate. There's many different ways in which we can do it. If we're teaching our kids to live one way and we're living another way, guess what? Exasperation. Uh, and, and anger. If we're if we're giving them rules without reason, 
exasperation. Listen, for a five-year-old, you don't need to explain to them exactly why you're supposed to do uh, what, what, you, what you told them to do. But when they hit t 10, 12, 14, 16, there needs to be some understanding. Now, yes, they, you should be able to say, no, you're not allowed to go there, and you not have to give them, a, not necessarily have to give them an explanation. But if that's, that, if that's, if you rule just in that way, that's the only, that's, that's the abuse of your authority. And, and they'll, they'll come to the point where they, they don't trust anything that you say. So there has to be a, a, a reason behind the, the rules as they grow older so that they can logically grasp it. Maybe their minds, uh, maybe they won't fully agree with you, but at least they can understand you. So it's very important that we, uh, that we have that spiritual demeanor that they understand our desire is only to bring them up. It's only to, to help them. And, and for us to be able to do that, first we need to study the Word of God because the Word of God is full of instruction on how a parent is to teach their children. Uh, the, the book of Deuteronomy uh, talks about how we're to do it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Uh, and it talks about how we're to train uh, up our children in different ways in which, which we're to do it and, and guide them. And, and it will help us prayerfully and hopefully to do it. But the only way to do it is not just uh, with the, the knowledge of it, is that again, it goes back to verse 18 of chapter 5, being filled with the Spirit. Not allowing my flesh to control me as I teach my, as I raise my kids. Not allowing my flesh to control me as I chastise my kids. Because it is easy when you get angry at your kids. When your kids have disobeyed you, it is easy to let your flesh reign. And listen, when your flesh reigns, their anger will reign. All we'll be doing is stirring up that anger. Now, that doesn't mean that we, can't, that we don't make mistakes. But if you make a mistake, can I tell you the best way to, to squash that anger that, that, that might rise up in your child is to go and apologize to your child. And there is nothing more humbling than going and telling your child, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and I've had to do it. Uh, but it's important that we, as, uh, that we as parents, because they see not only that, 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 that they see, yes, that you're not perfect, but they also see that, you're, that you have that desire to be right with God, which is a good example for them. So there's, there's, there's a spiritual demeanor, a studious deliberation, and then uh, the supernatural discernment as we look at our kids and understand that all of our kids are different. And, and because if we treat, uh, we shouldn't treat them, hold them to different standards and, and have different rules for different kids, but all of our kids are different and they all learn differently. Uh, uh, one, one child may be good at one subject, another child may not be good at, 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 at that, but is better at something else. And we need to be very careful that each one is different and that we take that into account as, we, as we're raising our children. And this, this won't be a long message, prayerful, thankfully, prayerfully. There's only two, two more points beyond this, and they're the, the opposite of. So we, we, we see that the word, while we're to expect them to, to obey and to, to live that exemplary, exemplary life, we are to be that example for them as, as, their, as their instructor, or as, their, as their parent. We're not to stir them up to anger. But how do we do that? How are we supposed to, to, to do that? Look there again in verse 4. It says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but instead bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. A phrase to bring them up means to raise them. To bring them from one point to another. One of the things that if, uh, if our TV is left, is left uh, nobody's watching anything, it kind of goes blank, and it's connected to, uh, we have an Amazon 
buyer to, uh, box, and it's attached to our Amazon photo account. I don't know how I don't know how it all works, uh, but in, in the end, what happens is if nobody's watching our TV or uh, the, sh the show's over, and nobody picks anything else, uh, it. it uh, it goes to this blank screen, and then it starts flipping through pictures from my wife's Amazon account, uh, which is really funny sometimes because it's like sometimes it's her workout pictures, and she looks just some of them are the mistakes. Or, uh, but a, a lot of them are our kids, and we get to go back. It's it's almost like a daily reminder of oh how cute they once were, and then we're like oh Elijah, look how cute you were as a little baby. You're like I'm not a baby anymore, and, uh, but all the all the kids love it. They like to watch, they go back and, and remind themselves of, and, and for me, it's a personal reminder, of, that's what God entrusted us with. And, and, it, and I, man, those babies were cute, and they were so sweet as little babies, except for Ezra, he, was a cry, he cried all the time. And, uh, but we're to take that child and we're to bring them to what God would have us to. Right? And they're not meant to stay a child. We know that. It's, it's this idea of raising up, bringing up the, these children, uh, hopefully to be well-educated, well-mannered, uh, clean, strong, hard-working individuals with, with, with tender hearts and compassion for other people. Uh, and, and you see those little children, and you know what they are when they're those cute little babies? They're selfish. <laughs> they're liars. They will do whatever they can to get their own way. They will hurt each other. And, and they, 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 they'll bite. And they, they did a lot of things they were supposed to do as little kids. But it's the parent's job to raise them up. What a, what a responsibility that is. But also what a blessing it is. Because I, in doing that, there's, there is a, there is a, a relationship uh, built between father and son and father and daughter that that can't be broken. It's, there's a love for a child for the parent and a love for the parent and the child that, that is, is different than, that, listen, I love, I love Howie and, and Jimmy and I love your kids, but I love my kids more. <laughs> and and you, know, you know what I mean because I hope you love my kids, but you love your kids more. There's a relationship built between you and your children that, 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 that grows close. And listen, it's a picture of the relationship that God has for us, with us, as his children. And what a beautiful thing that is. But, but in that, we can look at the relationship that God has for us, what God is doing for us. And those are the same things that we're to do for our children. He says, he says, provoke not your children to wrath. If you notice in the Bible, the Bible doesn't say that God ever provoked the people of Israel to wrath. <laughs> they provoked him to wrath an awful lot. However, uh, this, is what we, this is what we are to do. And we see the verse 4. Bring them up or raise them up. We're to train them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, just because uh, I, I know that not everybody uh, that may be watching this has kids. Uh, uh, I know everybody here has, has children. And, uh, and I know this. But this, this, this falls, this, this is the case for for our children, physically, but also for spiritual children. Uh, there, there are some people that never get to become parents of, of their own children, but they can adopt a child, or they can, they can help, they can be another adult alongside the way that, that also helps raise up. Because listen, my kids don't just listen to me, my kids look up to you. And Brother Troy, they really look up to you. <laughs> It's, and when I say that, I, 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 while well, it's a joke because you're tall, they really look up to you, Brother Troy. 
and they value the, the things that you teach them. And I'm so thankful for the, the men and the women that we have in our church that our kids can, can come in and, and learn from, and they can watch, and they can see their faithfulness, and, and they'll encourage them along the way. Uh, the guys up in the sound booth taking my boys, under the, Elijah, under the wing and, and helping him learn the sound booth. And uh, Listen, it's, uh, praise God that we have a body of believers here that do that. But understand, it's important that, we're, that we do this in the right way. Because if we do it in a wrong way, we risk losing our kids. And as it is, statistics show that, that most kids leave the faith. I, I, I tend to believe that has a lot more to do with the fact that they maybe never had faith of their own. And that's something that we need to pray for. We, need, we, we can only do so much. We can't implant faith in them, but we can certainly teach them about faith. And we can show them faith. And I, I, as far as I know, uh, three of my kids are saved, and I've got one more to go. And, and I, I, I pray for that, and I pray that their faith is real. But I can't force it on them. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And I love that verse, but it's a proverb, it's not a promise. Because... When I, turned, when I got old, I departed from it, even though I uh, thank the Lord I came back. Uh, but uh, the, the, and I say that, that God brought me back. Uh, it, wasn't my, it wasn't of my own choosing. Uh, God revealed to me what, what it was that I was turn, turning away from and, and turning to, and, and I decided I'd rather have the Lord. But with that, there's two words here that we understand that we need to look at, and they're nurture and admonition. As, there's a, as I said, an exemplary performance, but there's an educational purpose to all of this. The word nurture there in verse 6, he says that we're to bring them up in the nurture. The word nurture means this. I'd try to pronounce pahidia means to tutorage, edu- education, correction, ch- ch- chasing or chastisement, instruction, nurture. And the definition for nurture in the, in, in the old definition is that which nourishes, that which promotes growth. God has given us, uh, given every parent, whether, every, every person who is nourishing a child has given us the exhortation or the command that we are to give them what they need to grow one of the problems I, I, I see and I, I found myself doing it with my own kids and I, I, I try to be careful of this is expecting something of them that I have not yet taught them how can they know what to do if I haven't told them what to do or how to do it uh, and just like uh, teaching them uh, when, when they first started, the first time they wanted to mow the lawn. You know, the, there's a certain way to do it. This is what my dad always used to say. There's the right way, sorry, there's the wrong way, and then there's my way. And now my way, my way is different than my dad's way. Um, and I got my way from working for a company that, that did it. So, so there's my dad's way, then there's the wrong way, then there's the right way. <laughs> But what did I? But what did I do when I when I, I told them to start mowing our lawn at, at the house? Well, I didn't just say, "Well, there's the lawnmower," and good luck. 
No, I, I, I did as much walking as they did with the push mower, meaning I, I was right there beside them and trying to make, just, just at first, to make sure they weren't going to chop their toes off. And then, and then it was like, okay, buddy, do this. This is what you do. This is what I'm expecting of you. And now, and now if I come home and I see something that's not done, I know that I've already told them that I expected it of them. Sometimes we expect too much out of our kids because we've never taught them what, what, what that is. So it's very important that we make sure that we give them what they need. Well, as far as physical health, uh, our, our kids need food. They need shelter. They need those types of provisions. And I, I pray that every child in our, in our church is receiving that. They should be. Uh, it's, that's the, the, bare, the bare minimum of what they need. But they also need a spiritual growth. Uh, they need to be taught their manners. They need to be taught to respect their elders and to honor their parents. They need to be taught to obey and to listen. Uh, don't expect a child to listen and obey if you've never taught them to listen and obey. Uh, uh, do you know why we have so many children that are running around out in this world that don't listen to their parents? Because they were never taught to listen to their parents. Uh, and, uh, today, today it's almost, and I understand why schools have started to teach their, their, their kids these things. Because parents aren't doing it at home. And teachers, teachers are, are forced to teach their kids, to, those kids to listen because parents didn't teach them to listen, to sit quietly. And to, uh, so I, I get it. It just it shouldn't be that way. It should be the parents are doing the teaching, that, that instruction at home so the teachers can teach the things that they're supposed to teach uh, versus, versus all this other stuff. But, uh, but, uh, so they need to be taught those manners. They need to be taught the word of God. They need to be taught uh, the, the, who God is and that God loves them. Those are all things that are to be instructed uh, to those kids not by their teachers and not by their Sunday school teachers, not by their youth group, but by their parents. And I don't know what, what it is. I don't know what's happened over the years uh, uh, that, that, it's, it, that that's stopped being the case. I get that it's hard. <laughs> I understand it by fourfold. It, it, it can be difficult, and every child's different, and sometimes you have a miracle child and who, who seems perfect, but they're not really, but they seem that way. Uh, it, but, but the truth is, all of our children need to be taught those things. They need to be nourished. They need to be fed. Well, the Word of God, uh, the Bible tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for. And you go through the list, and it's profitable for everything that we need as children of God to mature as, 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 as uh, children of God into that, uh, that, that spiritual uh, adult. We need to give our children the same things. We need to nourish them. We need to give them the encouragement they need. Uh, there's nothing more that makes a child's face light up than to see, they, to see and to know that, that the parent is proud of them. And too many times we will cut them down, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the mistakes that they made. Listen, we've all made mistakes, but we also need to talk about the victories and the things that they do well. They need that encouragement. They need that strengthening. They, they need those things. They need to be nurtured. In that definition of nurture was also chastisement. And chastening, and I say, and I say in the definition, it's not in the the English definition; it's in the Greek word. With education uh, comes the board of education. <laughs> I call it that because my dad had one hanging on the wall, and I signed it a lot when I was a kid. In fact, every child who got spanked by it, uh, had had to be signed. And I say every child; it wasn't just our family. Uh, my mom used to babysit, and that was one of the agreements, and the, uh, 
verbal and written agreement by the parents that if the child needed it, that she, that she could spank them. So there were other kids. I had cousins whose names were on that list. And the, the threat in my family, our extended family, was, do you want an uncle dog to spank you? <laughs> um, but we live in a day and age where that's frowned upon, where, that, where spanking is considered abuse. And spanking can be abuse if it's done in the wrong way, uh, with the wrong heart, with, uh, done out of anger. Um, it can be physical abuse, and we need to be very careful of that. But the Bible is very clear uh, that, uh, that, that uh, we're not to spoil, the, if we spare the rod, we spoil the child. Uh, that if we beat them, they shall not die. It's actually a phrase used in the Bible. It's uh, because it, uh, it is a way to teach us to learn. Not necessarily, it's not punishment. When I was a kid, I used to think of it as punishment. It's, it's a tool of education. And from personal experience, I was, I was spanked as a child. Um, my, my parents were very careful, very good about that. And I can tell you when, this real, when I really learned this. I was in the sixth grade. I had, I had cheated. I didn't cheat on the test, but I had failed the test. I was supposed to take it home, get it signed, and brought back. And so the, my parents knew that I failed the test. And I went home, and, and instead of telling my parents, um, I, I signed the test myself, which obviously is a huge no-no. And uh, I took it to school, and my, my, my principal, who was also the health teacher, looked at me and said, is that your mom's signature? Yes, sir. And then after school, I couldn't figure out why she wasn't sitting in the car. <laughs> and I very quickly learned. Um, I got a spanking at school, because that, that was back when corporal punishment was still OK in private schools. And, uh, and then when I got home, and my dad got home, <clears throat> was the last spanking I ever received. Not because he felt bad about what he did. He had no reason to feel bad about what he did. Because I finally learned. I understood that there are consequences to my choices. And that's something that a lot of, our young, a lot of young people just don't understand. But, it, but it's, it's what God has given to us. Now, not only do we need that nourishment uh, not only not only do we need that nurture, but we also need what the admonition here uh, that, that's spoken of. There's scriptural uh, education, which is the nurture, and the admonition. There's scriptural. I have written down scriptural admonition. It means this: uh, calling attention to a mild rebuke, a warning, an admonition. There is danger out there in this world for our for our kids. Everywhere. I mean, <laughs> the mute from the music to the television programs to, to once they get outside of our house and uh, cell phone uses that uh, uses. My kids don't have cell phones, and and I don't expect them to have cell cell phones for a very very long time. I don't know when that's going to take place, but there's danger to it. Uh, somebody said, the, I, I read this thing the other day, saying, uh, a guy asked when, when it was okay for his teenager to have, uh, have a cell phone. And the person said, the person he had asked, the, the counselor he had asked, uh, responded, whenever you're okay with them having access to pornography. And he said, but, but you don't understand, my kid wouldn't do that. Even if your kid wouldn't, it doesn't mean some other kid wouldn't send it to him. 
and with the different apps and the different things that they have out there today, it, 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 it doesn't terrify me. I know it's there. So I want to protect my kids. But they need to understand why. Uh, there's a, there, there, may be, there are teenagers right now in their in home saying, why, why can't I have this? Or why can't I, I go to this dance? Or why can't I, I, I uh, have this app on my phone? Or why can't I have a phone? Or because it's dangerous. That's why sometimes it's, you can't just have rules without, without reason, they, especially our teenagers. They need to understand the dangers of it. Somebody needs to come along and say, hey, listen, they shouldn't, have to, they shouldn't have to get into it and realize, hey, this is wrong. I probably shouldn't listen to it. It's, it's, it's just like having a, a, a curve, a, a sharp turn ahead sign. Right? It's there for a reason because somebody went off the rails there and went off the road and crashed, and you're trying to save somebody else from going through the same situation. Uh, and so as we talk about uh, this admonition, we're not talking about warning or, or, or confronting or rebuking our children in their sin. The, the, they're to have the nurture and the chastisement already that, that does that. This warning, I, I, I believe, is, is warning them of all the dangers there are in this world. And we live in a dangerous, dangerous world. And I'm not going to say it's more dangerous in, 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 than any other time, but man, Satan is out to get our, 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 our kids. He's out to destroy our families, and and so in so to prepare our children. Uh, I don't. Uh, it, uh, one of the things that we do that, that that a lot of people say that we do too well is that we protect our children. There's nothing wrong with protecting our kids. I think it's I think it's a very good idea to protect our kids, but it's also important to prepare our kids by letting them know what we're protecting them from. Don't just hide them in a bubble so they don't understand. And this fresh face, this fresh face, uninformed child that goes off to college, and suddenly they're they're presented with whatever and with with, with whatever wickedness and sinfulness that's out there that looks like fun. I have a friend. I have a friend who used to work with. Well, I, I never worked with. I went to the church with with him and his daughters. His daughters were actually more my age, but he was a firefighter, and so I was in the EMS. He would t- take videos of of, of 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 patients. I won't say his name because he, he'd get in trouble now. But back then it wasn't illegal. But he would uh, he would uh, take uh, brother Dan. There's somebody trying to get in the back door. If you go talk to him. Uh, there, there was a. He would take videos of patients that were high on drugs or drunk and vomiting all over themselves and then take it home and show his children and says, is this what you want? Because this is what drugs will do to you. It's not the, the cute little, this is your brain on drugs. No, no, this is what drugs is. And this is what it will do to you. And why? Because he's educating his kids and warning them of the dangers of those things. You know what? None of his daughters, none of his kids, there's I think seven of them, none of them do drugs? Not a single one. <laughs> Probably, because, maybe partly because the, the, he trained them up in a way and admonished them and warned them of the dangers that there were out there. And it's not just dangers of drugs and alcohol. There's danger, uh, the danger of sex, and pornography, and, and uh, there's 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 the danger of of, of uh, just of, of, of a, a cold heart of people walk. It's important for us to warn our, our kids of all of those things. Because we live in a world that accepts all of those things. And we live in a world that pr- promotes all of those things. And they need to understand the dangers of it. So we see the scriptural, uh, this, with the scriptural education, there's, a, uh, there's also a scriptural admonition. 
You'll notice there at the end of the verse there it says, of the Lord. That's not just what you think is dangerous and what you think is, they need to be taught. It's what the Word of God teaches us to teach our kids. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I hope my kids get a good education. They're all being homeschooled. And uh, we're, we're using Bob Jones this year. And uh, they're, they're all doing well. They're learning. They're growing. But more than learning how to read and write and how to do math, more learning how to... Uh, I think Elijah is learning how to conjugate sentences and all, I don't know, all that stuff. More than all that, I'd rather my kids learn about God. Verse 7, or verse, chapter 6, verse 6 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlet upon thy eyes, as thou shalt write upon them, upon the posts of thy house, and on the gates. And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land, which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto the great and goodly cities which thou buildest up, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou planted not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee out forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. God told Moses that they were to teach their children. Or Moses here is referring, to, saying that the people of Israel were to teach their children of who God was. Because they're going to, God was going to bless them for their faithfulness, just like the, the promise of the long life that we're talking about being prosperous. He says, don't allow that to, to cause you to forget who God is. Because many times in our prosperity, our kids forget God. And many times in our prosperity, we forget God. We need to be very careful of that. Psalms, uh, Psalms 11, not Psalms, Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. And you shall teach them, your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine houses, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and thou risest up. And it goes on and repeats, repeats all that again. What happened at the end of Joshua, at the beginning of Judges? When Joshua and they were, they were gone, the Bible says the rose up a generation that knew not God. How could, a child, how could children who were taught those things walk away so easily? Second Timothy chapter three verse fifteen. Paul here is writing to Timothy about his own about Timothy's own testimony. Verse fifteen. Sorry, verse 14. Says, but continue down the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, 
which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. There is nothing more important for us to teach our children, more than manners, more than the dangers of this world. They, they need to know God and his word. And I think that is the greatest failing of Christian families. It's almost like we, seem, we, we become content that they're good kids, that they, that, they don't, that they don't steal our car or break our windows. They're not swearing at us. They have, they have semi-good attitudes. I don't want to become comfortable with that. And I, listen, I, every kid, every kid, no, there's no kid, let me phrase it this way, there is no kid that is any worse than any other. They'll, they'll have a lot of what they are has to do with how they've been brought up. And all of that can be corrected through, through Christ. We all need Christ. But I don't want to be okay with just good kids. We've had a church full of good kids here. We've had a, I've sat at a camp full of good kids. And I've had conversations with some of those good kids who have walked away from the faith. I don't want that for our kids. I don't want that for my kids or any of the kids here at our church. May God help us to, to, to teach them not just to be good kids, prepared for the, the, the dangers of this world, but help them to teach them to be God's children, saved by the same gospel that saved us. May God help us. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your love for us. God, I pray that you would help us to be, uh, Lord, to be the parents that we are to be, Lord, uh, that, that we raise up our children, uh, giving them everything they need, Lord, not just what we think they need. But Father, your word tells us that what they really need is, is your word. God, I pray that you'd help us to not just teach our kids about you, but Lord, may they see the relationship uh, that we have, and Lord, may they take that, Lord, and, and come to a point where they have their own relationship with you. Uh, God, I, I, I pray that you'd be with Elijah and Ezra and Hannah, Zeke, and the Damon's kids, Lord, and the, the Robertson's kids, uh, our, our teens, uh, Lord, uh, the, uh, the McCulloch kids, God, uh, all of our Sunday school kids. I, I pray that you would just help us, Lord, not just to be grateful that they're good kids, which they are, Lord, help us to raise them up to be followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, and that's only done through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the, the work of the Word. God, I pray that you would have your way. Lord, that you might be glorified. Help us to, to be to be godly parents, Lord, or or godly adults who have influence on, on others' kids. But Lord, I pray that you would just work in a great mighty way. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.